Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. Calls for more diversity, equity, and inclusion in the food and beverage industry, and in particular the natural and organic sector, have grown steadily louder in recent years, as has consumer interest in supporting minority-owned brands. And yet, funding for underrepresented founders remains woefully low, and other barriers overwhelmingly high. According to data from Nielsen IQ, the top social issues driving purchase decisions are racial injustice and inequality, and according to Crunchbase, 25% of consumers intentionally shop minority-owned brands, a figure that goes up to 42% for Black consumers, 36 for Latinx, and 32 for Asian buyers. Despite this demand, Crunchbase found 77.1% of venture capital-backed founders are non-minority, and Census Bureau data reveals that Black businesses make up only 2.2% of the 5.7 million U.S. businesses with employees, even though they make up 14.2% of the U.S. population. The reasons for these discrepancies are myriad, but they do not include a lack of ambition, determination, innovation, or an appetite for risk that predicts successful entrepreneurs, according to analysis by Gallup that found no statistical differences between Latino, Hispanic, Black, and white people. Rather, visible and invisible barriers holding back underrepresented founders include a lack of cumulative community or multi-generational wealth and guidance from which to draw, higher loan denial and interest rates, different cultural expectations and obligations, and even a different set of vocabulary for how they talk about their goals and achievements. To help level the playing field for underrepresented founders in a natural and organic ecosystem, and to close the gap between what consumers say they want and what they can access, the industry group Naturally Network and the market research firm Nielsen IQ have joined forces to launch nationally a fellowship to support minority-owned businesses. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Naturally Network Executive Director Katrina Tolentino shares details about the 12-week-long minority-owned, or MO, fellowship designed to support racially and ethnically underrepresented entrepreneurs in the organic and natural sector. She also explores why this and programs like it are essential, as well as lessons learned for becoming a better ally for underrepresented entrepreneurs. So while underrepresented entrepreneurs may not currently have the prominent positioning on mainstream store shelves, flock to leading trade shows, or make up the same portion of presenters at pitch slams or investor events as their white counterparts, they are out there, and they're just as innovative and capable and in need of support. Tolentino says they can be difficult to connect with, though, unless stakeholders look in the right places, use the right language, and cultivate a truly welcoming environment. She explains that when she first began working with the MO Fellowship as a pilot project, people were surprised at how many founders of color in the CPG segment came forward, something she initially found shocking, but upon reflection, she said, highlights the first major roadblock that industry needs to break down. 
one of the first pieces of feedback that I heard that I just found so interesting was that I didn't know that there, there were this many founders of color in the consumer packaged goods industry. And I, and I found that statement a little bit shocking. And what I realized is that because they're not visible in the community, it's not that they don't exist. They are absolutely, absolutely there, but they're not using the industry language. They're not in the, um, you know, they're not attending industry events. Uh, they're not plugging into the resources that are already out there necessarily. And so people may not necessarily see that there are founders of color that are in the consumer packaged goods industry. And so I think that that is very reflective as well of, of what happens, uh, you know, when you're looking for investment. Um, there's there's lots of studies out there that show that, uh, you know, minorities have to work harder than founders of color to reach similar goals. And, you know, from an investment perspective, uh, founders of color are not necessarily, you know, launching their businesses with the same network. And so even the language that we use to describe a friends and family round doesn't resonate with a founder of color because they don't have friends or family that they can raise from. And so outside of, you know, there's so much research out there already that can talk about, you know, the the lack of rep- representation um, and, uh, around funding that founders of color receive. But I think that there's that there's a much bigger conversation that we need to have around where where we go to support founders of color, how we're inviting them in, and and that you know they they're in the ecosystem, but they're not being seen. So I think that's the systemic problem number one. To help spotlight underrepresented founders, Tolentino says that she's excited to work with Nielsen IQ to launch nationally the MO Fellowship. So the 12-week program is going to be a fully virtual program. We want it to be accessible. So what we mean by that is we are setting a time um, and a day of the week where our fellows can experience the education uh, and uh, the networking opportunities. So a lot of a lot of folks that apply will uh, will have a full-time job. Or they might have a part-time job. And so the more that we can set their expectations, the more time they can carve out. And the the classes are 75 minutes long. They are meant to be best practices. And, and really, the Q&A that happens in those classes are really where the learning happens because we want to create a safe space for people to work on their uh, their friction points, their obstacles that they're facing together, and also normalize the the challenges that they're facing. And so the conversations that happen during the education, I think, is is one of of the highlights for a lot of fellows in the program. In addition to weekly classes on business foundations and bi-monthly facilitated fireside chats, as well as networking opportunities with industry leaders and other founders. Each participant also will be paired with another fellow in the cohort for support and an advisor with whom they can meet bi-monthly for insights and feedback. We are looking for uh, 51% minority-owned companies. They, you know, Companies that have been in business for under five years are making at least $5,000 in the previous 12 months and ready and able to invest 10 hours a month to participate in the education and the networking opportunities. Now, the reason why we are intentionally um, starting our revenue requirement that low is that this is an opportunity to provide and grow uh, the, the diversity 
the pipeline for um, the diversity pipeline for CPG entrepreneurship. There's not a lot of resources for for founders at this stage. Right. And so uh, I think that the more that we can support the success of very, very, very early stage founders um, and grow, help them grow uh, to, let's say, 200K and over, they're much more likely to also get access to uh, loans. They are going to be accepted to more accelerator programs. Investors are going to be more interested in them. And so the fellowship program is very focused on this early stage because of the lack of resources at that stage. The application is meant to be a low lift for founders because we want this to be inclusive. We want this to not be intimidating, uh, especially for early stage brands. They don't necessarily have everything ready to go when you're thinking of a typical sort of accelerator uh, application process. So, so we wanted it to be different from that. So we are uh, the application process should only take 15, 20 minutes. It is asking them questions that they have easy access to. But the thing that we really want to know through the application is where they currently are, what challenges they're facing and what areas they want to improve. So the application is both um, an interest form, but it, it, it also allows us and our, our partners, Nielsen IQ, to really support the development of the curriculum so that we can provide the best um, the best resources that we can. The idea for the National MO Fellowship grew out of a pilot program run by Naturally Network affiliate Naturally Austin in partnership with the CPG-focused accelerator SKU, which in its first round in 2021 served more than 70 minority-owned brands, all of whom reported feeling more confident navigating resources and opportunities following the program. So the minority-owned fellowship program launched in Austin in 2021. That was our first cohort. And at the time, I was the executive director of Naturally Austin. And it was an unbelievable, the feedback was unbelievable. The number of applications, the support from the community. Um, and the way that the program worked was that we would, we paired fellows, uh, the, the founders that were accepted into the program with people from the community as advisors. They also received pairings within the cohort so that they could create, uh, you know, a more intimate community within that cohort. But we provided high-level education, networking opportunities that were facilitated with business leaders. And the goal was that we were going to help um, the founders in the program build confidence. And that's a that's a big metric because if you are more confident, that means you are much more willing to ask for help. You're much more willing to go to the events. You're much more willing to, uh, you know, say when you don't know something. You're much more willing to just ask for help, right? And, 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 and that is something that can propel a business and a founder forward if they, if they have, um, you know, if they, if they know what they don't know and they can ask for the help that they need. And so it was a very exciting, uh, six month program. Out of the more than 70 participants in this pilot program, 90% reported that it exceeded their expectations. 90% also said they benefited from connecting with other diverse founders and the curriculum that included networking, education, and mentorship. And 10 were accepted and completed the MO track at the SKU Accelerator and received grant dollars. 
A key component of most fellowship programs or accelerators is pairing participants with established industry players who can help them navigate the landscape and from whom they can listen and learn. But one aspect that makes the MO Fellowship stand out is that it's not just participants who are expected to listen and learn. It's also the mentors and the program coordinators. Creating a two-way dialogue that Tolentino says not only is helping to make the fellowship better, but is also helping to cultivate better allies for underrepresented founders. As such, even though 90% of the mentors who participated in the first round of the MO Fellowship said that the program met or exceeded their expectations, Tolentino said that for the second cohort, the fellowship in Austin ditched the mentors in favor of advisors. Now, this might sound like a subtle shift, but Tolentino explained that it altered the expectations for those providing guidance and better prepared them to learn from and become allies for founders of color. One thing that um, we need to talk about as an industry is how to be an ally to um, a founder of color that might be in this program. And I think that there are certain expectations that folks may have uh, when they mentor someone. And so instead of calling it a mentor pairing, we're calling them advisors because uh, to set the to set the tone for the stage of of of, of uh, maturity that our founders are in. And so advisors are going to be playing you know, a, a coaching role, a, a resource facilitation role, um, you know, part therapist, part business feedback, but it is meant to really champion that founder. And so sometimes in, in the past, at the first cohort, we had mentors, um, but they had a, just a very different expectation of, of who the founders need to show up as. And that is a challenge across the industry. The issue is that um, the models that are out there already, it's it's pay to play. So there's a lot of programs out there where mentors pay into a fund. And so sometimes there's a disconnect between the reason why someone is mentoring and and um, the founder may not be aware of that relationship. Um, and then there's also... Uh, the types of mentors that may not understand that even when they say, well, but that's only a, that's only like a $5,000 expense. They don't have $5,000. So I think there's, there's that disconnect around the resources that, that uh, founders of color may have. The founders need a level of trust and safety for them to even, you know, sometimes ask, um, you know, ask for help and or really pull back the curtain on what their business looks like, right? You know, we, we hear things like, you know, fake it till you make it. But if you're in the middle of faking it, you don't necessarily want to show people what, what the sausage looks like, right? And so I think that to be a great ally, you need to build a relationship with the founders so that there is trust and safety there so that they can reveal those needs. So I think that's step number one. And I think it is a step that we don't talk about enough or programs like ours may not spend a lot of time on. And I think the other piece is these are very early stage brands that are, are going to be in the fellowship program. And what that means is it's also not, a, a mentoring stage, an advisement stage that uh, everyone will enjoy because this is the messy part. 
there's still there are some folks that may be making you know some some sales but they're still working on product market fit they'll probably pivot three or four more times before they really land on the product that they're going to be going to market with and so uh the support that they that they need through that is going to be encouragement they're going to need access to more resources so opening up uh, opening that up beyond just the dollars. We already know that funding and, and dollars are a problem, but how do we help them uh, get those sales in the door? Because more than anything, that is how we how we can truly help is is by putting our money where our mouth is, right? So um, making introductions to perhaps someone that can provide them a discount, making introductions to an expert uh, just to have a conversation and 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 really facilitating the the relationship and so you know being a facilitator being um being gracious building trust and leading with that are just some of the really high level important things that we that we can that we can do to be better allies for founders of color tolentino says the program also takes care to prepare advisors by sharing high level information about participants so that they can adjust their expectations and fine-tune appropriate guidance. One of the most moving lessons that Tolentino says she learned from the first cohort was the importance of meeting participants where they are, understanding their operating parameters, and acknowledging that their participation is only one of many obligations that they're juggling. I have some strong opinions about this, strong feelings about this, because there are a lot of programs out there um, that are inviting founders of color in, but they're not asking, uh, they haven't asked for feedback, or they're not shaping the program with some of the visible and invisible barriers that founders of color might face. So a recent example that I can think of, um, actually, I, this is a this is a story from an, M, an MO fellow in Austin from from last year. She recently applied to an accelerator program, and um, because she has a full time job, she they told her that uh, she is not uh, as committed as they would like for her to be, and that is. That's infuriating to hear because that really denied the experience that she was having. She's extremely committed to getting her business off the ground and to scaling, but she can't quit her job because she has to also live, and that's how she's also funding um, and, and bootstrapping her business. But that kind of feedback is really hurtful for founders of color. And so I think what I would like to push on uh, and the conversations that I would like to have as part of, of having a program like this is that we really should be acknowledging what those invisible barriers might be. And one of those things is it's not enough to invite people into a program. Are you going to where they are? Are you understanding the the experiences that they're bringing to the table and where they are and and what inviting them into the program means? Um, and then culturally, there are also, you know, immigrants as an example. I, I mean, this is a story that is very close to me because my family, we're an immigrant family, and not all cultures also support entrepreneurship. So particularly if you're from an immigrant family or, you know, uh, other cultures, it, entrepreneurship is discouraged. And so it can feel very risky. And so emotional support, the, you know, funding support, uh, the access to community is extremely important. And we're not talking about those things enough. 
With this in mind, Tolentino explained that Naturally Network opted to keep the program virtual so that participants had more flexibility. Because they're virtual, because they are at a set time, it means that the fellows can even take these, you know, these meetings, these classes while they're while they're in the kitchen. We've had fellows do that. You know, they'll pop on with questions, turn their camera on. Uh, on when when they have a question. But the accessibility piece, I think, is one of the strengths of the program. It's also not meant to be um, a heavy lift from a time perspective in the sense that, you know, there are accelerators out there that require that they go to a meeting two, three days a week for three or four hours at a time. And that is just impossible to do as an early stage brand that isn't funded. And so, again, going back to accessibility, that is one of the most important things that we're really being mindful about as we develop the curriculum. Another lesson that Tolentino said could help boost the effectiveness of other programs aiming to lift up underrepresented founders is that it isn't enough to simply share the opportunity across the host's network. Active outreach is essential. We have to go to where the founders are. Right now, when we're for publicizing programs like this that support founders of color, are we actually going to where they are? Or are we just posting on social media? Are we asking our existing network to to help promote it? We're not going to reach the people that we need to reach if that's the case. Getting the word out about the program was a crucial um, was a crucial activity to to meeting people where they are. So we can't expect founders to know about us or to feel comfortable applying to a program like this. Um, and so we went and, and worked with small business incubators, with um, you know those types of programs around uh, the Austin area. We worked with the, the different chambers of commerces that that catered towards um, founders of color and uh, to really bring in more people into our community. So we really tried to build a a community of of partnerships to support uh, getting the, the word out about the program. Cultivating more diversity among entrepreneurs doesn't just help individual businesses get off the ground. It helps the entire industry better meet the needs of consumers which in turn can cultivate loyalty, generate higher sales across the board, and create industry-level opportunities. I think that we have an opportunity to meet the needs of the future consumer. So I think the you know younger millennials, Gen Z, um, are more adventurous when it comes to flavor. Uh, founders of color oftentimes are are wanting to bring in these nostalgic flavors that they grew up with. So I think that it is both representation, but also younger millennials and, um, you know, uh, also consumers uh, that are of a diverse background themselves. The studies from Nielsen IQ show that uh, they are much more outspoken about the social causes that they care about. So that means they're putting their money where their mouths are. So for black consumers, Nielsen IQ data shows that the top social issues driving purchase decisions are racial injustice, equality, as well as hunger and food insecurity. Among Hispanic consumers, it is hunger and food insecurity is 41.2 percent. Equality is 35.8 percent. 
for Asian American consumers, equality is 41.9%. And so I believe that what we're seeing here is that consumers are are using their dollars to take action around the causes that they care about. And I think as an industry, uh, we need to meet that. And there are a lot of opportunities here to do that. But I think that, um, you know, one of the ways that we can support this is by helping diverse founders get to shelf. Small business owners interested in learning more about the MO Fellowship can join a webinar August 9th or learn more about it at naturallynetwork.org backslash MO dash fellows. The deadline to apply is August 31st and the cohort will be selected September 16th for an October 4th onboarding date. With that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable and safe week.